at Hogwarts, a Harry Potter podcast made by kids for kids. I'm Daisy. And I'm Vaughn. And today we're talking about chapter 35 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, Veritaserum. I probably said that really wrong. How do you say it? Veritaserum? Uh, Veritaserum. Snape says it differently. He says, uh, wait, I think he says it, like, really quickly. Yeah. Alright, well, I guess it's one of those, uh, most of the spells in Harry Potter are, like, the names of potions are weird to say. Like, you can read it, and you know what you're reading, but when you try to say it, it comes out very weirdly. Yeah. It's been a... It's been a, a hot minute since we recorded last time, Vaughn. Uh, oh, yeah, because we had to record a review last time. Yeah, which honestly, like, I feel like was so much nicer because last time, because normally what we do is we record on Sundays, but which is what we're doing today, but last time we did a Thursday, and I just feel like that was so much better because then I didn't have to worry about it, you know, on Sunday. Like, we could just kind of chill out rather yeah. than having to record. So I don't know, though, because then on Thursday you have to add it on to homework, so there's pros and cons to both, I guess. Alright, so Vaughn, we are nearing the very end of this book. I believe there are only two chapters left. Hopefully. How do you feel... How do you feel about that? About how close we are to the end? Excited, um, to say the least, because we're going to move on to book five, one of my favorites. Book five is very good. I'm super excited to get into, like, Dolores, because there's, like, I feel like with this book, we've exhausted all of the things we can do for the analysis part of our episodes, where it's, like, I don't even know what we can talk about anymore, but when we get to five, there's going to be so much, like, new, fresh content for us to talk about, and, like, Dolores has this whole backstory on wizardingworld.com that we could could go into when we finally meet her, you know? Uh, I have a question. Was she bullied? I don't know. I don't remember. I haven't you read that. You haven't read the backstory? I did, but it was in like seventh grade, I think. Oh. In seventh grade, I really went on a, like a Wizarding World binge and I was just reading every single article. And now I've kind of lost all of that knowledge. So this is kind of helping bring it all back, you know? Yeah. All right. So first sentence of this chapter is Harry felt himself slam onto the ground. Oh my gosh, that was bad. Harry felt himself slam flat onto the ground. His face was pressed into grass. The smell of it filled his nostrils. I can imagine his nose very easily having been broken. After his face... He did did a straight face plant. Like, don't... Like, you're, you're... your nose isn't going to support your entire face after that that blunt force. Like, it, it'd bend to the side or go in. Yeah. Harry kept his eyes closed and held Cedric and the cup tightly. He heard footsteps and screams. Someone grabbed Harry roughly and yelled his name. Honestly, like, imagine recovering from this experience. This would be so traumatic. Like, he literally watched his competitor die. I know, right? Uh, it's just, like, post And it's not like they were, like, it's not like they were the best of friends or anything, but just to, like, watch someone else die, I can't even imagine what that would be like. And the whole thing with, like, I know that, because you know how Harry, 
this is like a little bit of spoiler, but if you haven't read the books, you don't even know what this is, so I wouldn't say it's a spoiler. But you know how he can see Thestrals when he gets into his fifth year, Vaughn? Yeah. And people people wonder why he couldn't see them at the end of his fourth year after he had seen Cedric die. And I think it makes a lot of sense that he can't see them until his fifth year. Because he sees Cedric die only, like, a week or two before school gets out, you know? Yeah, but it's, it's also, like, a lot of people, like, why didn't he see them at the very start because he saw his parents die but it's like he was a baby he didn't really completely understand it or understand what was going on like exactly and then with this one with this one like harry is so just in so much shock from having seen what he did in the graveyard that it all it all makes sense that he can't see them until the beginning of his fifth year because he's out all summer to kind of process the whole situation and figure out how he feels and like how it's going to affect his life harry opened his eyes and saw dumbledore crouching over him he let go of the cup and grabbed dumbledore's wrist he whispered he's back voldemort fudge appeared standing over dumbledore and said that cedric was dead i imagine fudge like speed running like i imagine okay so i'm I imagine, I imagine Fudge is at the very top of the stands, like, the farthest he could be from Harry, but the second Harry appeared, he just sprinted. <gasps> it's Harry Potter! Like, it's Harry freaking faster Potter! Than the sp- it's Harry freaking Potter, and he just sprinted over. He told Harry to let go, but Harry did when- but Harry only let go of Cedric when Dumbledore asked him to. Dumbledore picked Harry up, so he was standing, and he swayed. People were screaming that Diggory was dead, and Fudge said that he was only ill. <laughs> it's like smooth, smooth. Wow, Fudge, you're you're so smart, just lying to all of Hogwarts. Way to uh, diffuse the tension, right, Fudge? Yeah. Someone said that they would take Harry while Dumbledore talked to Amos Diggory. Dumbledore said that he would take Harry, and told Harry to stay where he was. So this person blatantly ignores Dumbledore and leads Harry away anyway and took him back up to the castle. The man was Mad-Eye Moody and asked Harry what had happened in the maze. Now this is a little suspicious, right? Because I just- Directly disobeying Dumbledore. Directly after a traumatic experience. Yeah. This is a bit of- Also like- Exactly, hint. Hint, hint. person's true nature yeah to yeah all it is. Hint, hint. to all of you who haven't read the chapter yet exactly also also Vaughn like it feels to me like it would probably be rational for someone to take Harry away I don't know how suspicious it actually would be because later in the chapter Dumbledore's all like I knew right away that something was up when someone took Harry away it's like Harry just saw someone die, and you want him to stay with all the crowds of people? I mean, he wanted him to stay with Dumbledore. He didn't want Harry to be uh, taken away. That's true. I get that. Okay. Um, The man- oh, I already said that. Harry said that the cup was a port key, and it took him and Cedric to a graveyard where Voldemort was. Harry explained that they had killed Cedric and made a potion to bring Voldemort back. Maddie sat Harry down in his office and gave him something to drink that tasted peppery. He asked Harry how they had brought Voldemort back. What the heck did he give Harry? 
I don't, I don't know. Like, maybe, what did he give Harry? Maybe, like, it, a... I don't, it's never explained in my part. It's peppery. Maybe to, I really don't know. Maybe it was just a nice, maybe it was like, okay, you're gonna die, I'll just give you some, Wait, some peppery. pepper. Wizarding. I'll just look up like what did uh there what? could be the the fire the fire whiskey. <laughs> what did Moody give Harry to drink? Um I'm so confused. Hold on. And Goblet of Fire. It says polyjuice. That makes no, no. sense. He no, it doesn't it was know what disgusting. I'm yeah, no, it wasn't. Polyjuice. And Harry never morphs, so. I absolutely have no idea what that was. So if you have any idea, please email us and let us know. I'm curious now. He asked, did I already say this? He asked Harry how they had brought Voldemort back. Yeah, he already, Harry, said, he already said that. You can tell that, that this uh, Barty Crouch Jr. is just completely, like, just enthralled by the idea of how they brought Voldemort back. He was like, I wish I'd been there to see it. You know, he's yeah. like absolutely fascinated with the idea of bringing back someone from the dead when they look like a baby and they turn into a full-grown man. Oh my, yeah, it's very fascinating. That vision is terrifying, though. You know. Um, Harry explained that they had taken blood from him. Moody asked if Voldemort had forgiven the Death Eaters, and I said Harry confirmed, but he actually didn't answer him. He didn't answer that question, so Moody's, you know, he's a little desperate for that information. Yeah. Harry said that there was a Death Eater at Hogwarts that had put his name in the goblet so that he would have to fight Voldemort. Moody said that he knew who the Death Eater was, and it wasn't Karkaroff because he had fled when he felt his dark mark burn on his arm. I always thought of this dark mark as kind of like, it forces you to come, like it automatically teleports you or something like that. I guess not. So, and doesn't Voldemort go- come for, like, Harkaroff later on? I don't remember. But don't you think more Death Eaters would have done what Karkaroff did? And just, like, and ran. didn't go? Yeah, like, why did they all go? Why didn't some well, of them just not? Well, if they knew they had, that he had come back, then they knew he would have tracked them down if, he, if they hadn't come. That's true, yeah. Um, there would have been no would, escape. Yeah, I feel like some of them had, like, familial obligations to go, like, Malfoy. Like, Lucius had, you know, Draco and Narcissa to think of. So if he didn't go, that would be, like, really bad consequences for them. But some of them, like, like Karkaroff, obviously, he only has himself to worry about. So it's fine if he doesn't go, because the worst is he's going to die. But for yeah. people... For someone like Lucius, it's going to be Draco or Narcissa that's going to die, not Lucius. Well, I mean, he's probably going to probably going to die as well. He'll probably kill uh, Lucius, but only after wife. he, only after he tortures Draco and Narcissa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Moody. Oh, I already said that. Moody said that it was him who had done it. He pointed a wand at Harry and asked if Voldemort had forgiven the scum that wouldn't brave Azkaban for him. 
Moody confessed to everything and that he had helped Harry to win the tournament so that he would have to face Voldemort. So this is all the aura Mad-Eye Moody's doing. And Harry is bewildered. He Definitely doesn't, the oars. Yeah. Harry doesn't, couldn't, can't imagine how Dumbledore's friend, the Auror, could be a Death Eater. Moody said, imagine how he would be rewarded when he met with Voldemort. How would Voldemort reward someone? <laughs> what would be a reward in, in Voldemort's eyes? You get a new hand. Or a third arm. Oh my gosh, yeah. Or a free horcrux. It's on the house. On the house. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I, I guess that would that would have to work. Yeah. What would you want? If Voldemort said, if you kill Harry Potter for me, I'll give you whatever you want. He wouldn't ever give, let me kill Harry Potter. You know that, right? He doesn't, he wants to kill well, Harry Potter himself. Oh, okay, fine. Imagine you caught Harry Potter for him. A gift from Lord Voldy. A gift from Voldy. Voldemort, Voldemort, Voldemort. Um, I would want... I would ask for another pair of arms and three new- three more wands. What? That way I could have- that, that way I could be like, yeah, <laughs> if I was a Death Eater, if I was like one of the Bellatrix type where I was like actually insane, I would yeah. ask for another pair of arms and then three new wands. <laughs> and then I could so, be like a general grievous of Harry Potter. That's so funny. Okay, yeah. yeah that's quadruple wands. That's perfect. That's perfect. I I don't know what I would want. I would be like I'd be like, um actually I have to think about this. I'd be like, make me president of the United States. And then he would, and I'd be like, perfect. Wait, why hasn't anybody actually you why isn't anybody actually dual wielded wands yet? Hmm? Maybe you can't. Or what if you can't? I don't know. I guess we'll have to tweet JK Rowling for that one, huh? Wait. Also, okay, you know what? You know what would be perfect? If yeah. uh Voldemort could make me the Queen of England. Would that not be perfect? Why would he do that? Well, if I asked, if he said, I will give you a reward for bringing Harry Potter to me, and I went, well, okay, I want to be the Queen of England. And he went, that's okay, great, wait, I can actually, I can do that. Okay, so to answer your question, yes, it is possible, but the ones will be not equally effective. Hmm. Interesting. I would actually, I, I want to know the, I want to know magical theory, guys. I... I really want to know, so yeah, we but, can like get the, on this, you know. The consensus, the consensus, consensus of the internet. Oh, okay. Is that like the power of the spell would be split between each one? But I, I don't like that, so I just oh have, uh, four equally powerful ones. In my so okay, universe. that makes sense. So in your in your universe where you get rewarded, you can have equally powerful ones. Yep, and hands. Okay, <laughs> and hands. Alright, alright. Um, also, they all act as if they're your right hand. So you can do actual things with all of your hands and not just like... Because you know how your left hand isn't really good for anything? 
Yeah. Like, so, I guess so it can. Yeah. It'll be like that. So, yeah, that'll be great. Except for all of them act like your right hand. So you can actually write, you know, hold a pencil with all of your hands. Yeah, I could do like a quadruple of autocadavras. Or I could do like the. Yeah. The, the, I could do the super pie thing or quadruple and I get so ev- protection everywhere. Vaughn, I have something very interesting to tell you and the listeners right now. I don't know if you saw us doing this early, so earlier, but apparently if you go on your phone, your iPhone, and you go, hey Siri, Lumos, it turns the light on. And then if you huh. say Knox, it turns the light off. Huh. <laughs> also, Couldn't you just say turn on the light. <laughs> yeah, but it's funner if you're like if you're with your friends and you're just like Lumos and your light turns on, and everyone's like, "Yo, wait, you're a wizard, Harry!" And then you're like, "Fun I'm fact, a wizard, Harry. Could, fun fact, you could go on Siri, say, uh, text mom, and it'll uh, actually go to your uh." send you to your text messages no way no way that's insane no dude what yeah so anyway that's a cool party trick okay sorry it's okay anyway yeah that's a good party trick i recommend it for all of you if you're with your friends go onto your phone or i don't know your friend's phone if you don't have one and, uh, yeah, just just do it. And everyone's going to be like, whoa, that is the coolest thing I've seen all day. And you're going to be like, yeah, man, I know, I'm cool. And, uh, yeah. So, Moody said that both he and Voldemort had had the pleasure of killing their fathers that they had been named after. And I feel like Moody has this kind of sick, creepy obsession with, like, how similar he is to Voldemort. Not sort Moody, of. Barty Crouch Jr. So Barty Crouch Jr. Yeah, and, and Voldemort. powerful, but... Yeah, but both Voldemort and Barty Crouch Jr. were named after their fathers. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else. They both killed their fathers. They uh, didn't like their fathers. I don't really know what else. <laughs> also, if I'm just randomly laughing, it's because... So we're, we're doing... We're recording over Zencaster again, like... I'm on one end, Vaughn's in another room recording, and Vaughn's camera is glitching, no, no, so, like, no, it keeps no, no. stopping in random places, like, he's just making faces, and it's glitching and just, like, Wait, freezing, really? and the next second he'll be over here, and it'll freeze, it, it, yeah, it's great, it's great. Moody said that Voldemort was back, and since Harry could not conquer him, he would conquer him, which is, okay, that's great, that's a great line. Suddenly, someone shouted stupefy, and the door of Moody's office was blasted apart. What does stupefy do? I've never been very clear on what this spell does, Juan. Can you please explain? Because I feel like you know spells way more than I do. It ju- wait, wait, let me see what they wrote. The- wait, it was blasted apart by stupefy. I think maybe it's like a lighter form of bombarda, but also does stunning. It's like a multi spell. It's a multi. Okay, it's it has a, like it's a multi spell. It has a different. It's, it's got like mi- minor bombarda uh, properties, slightly uh, impedimenta curse properties. You know, the mm-hmm. usual. The usual. I get it. Okay, that makes sense. Well, I just turned my light on and it's so much brighter. Don't like this. Don't like this. Okay. 
Um, Dumbledore, McGonagall, and Snape all ran into the office. Snape looked into the faux glass where he could still see his face. And uh, I know I just asked you to explain something, Vaughn, but I have completely forgotten how the faux glass works. Like, I know that this is very significant, but I don't remember how it works and why it's significant to Snape. Can you please explain? The faux... What's the faux glass? Okay, hold on. What is the, faux, the faux glass? What's the faux glass? It's, it's the thing where Moody can see his enemies, and if they get so close to him, he can see the whites of their eyes. Okay, I'm an, it looked like a mirror, but instead of a reflection, it showed the enemies of its possess, possessor. The figures appeared as shadows, but became clearer and more visible as the enemies became closer to the possessor. Right? And so, here's the thing. The whole theory is that the faux glass shows that Snape is a good guy. Because you can see Snape in the faux glass, right? Yes, Vaughn? Are you with me? Yes. Okay, so you can see Snape in the faux glass, meaning that he is an enemy to Moody, because Moody is the possessor of the faux glass. Not technically Moody, Barty Crouch Jr. He's an enemy of Barty Crouch Jr. Meaning that he's actually a good guy. Right? Interesting. Yeah. So this actually probably could have revealed a lot earlier on if, if Dumbledore had actually just bothered to go in Mad-Eye Moody's office. I mean, there are a lot of early, like, hints. I'm not gonna yeah, go into there them. Are. But... No, go into them. No, no. I think, I think I'm good. Okay, okay. <laughs> I can't recall all of them. I, I, I can't recall any of them, but I know there's there are I there. can't recall any of them, but I know there are <laughs> hints. <laughs> I know there are. I know there are. I just forgot. Okay. Harry asked how it could have been Moody, and Dumbledore said that it was not Moody. He took Moody's flask and asked Snape to retrieve the strongest truth potion he had. He told McGonagall to go to Hagrid's pum pumpkin patch, take the large black dog to his office, and tell it that Dumbledore will be with him shortly. And neither of the teachers, like, at all question what they're about to do. They just go. They just go do it, you know? Like the good guys they are. Like the Dumbledore huge, unlocked just your friends. You know, dog. just just getting the dog out of the pumpkin patch. You know, whatever. Dumbledore unlocked all seven locks on Moody's trunk, and they both looked into an underground room. It was in it was the real Mad Eye Moody, which is so scary. Imagine getting kidnapped and put into a trunk that is like technically an out like a room. In the movies, it's really just like um, a series of of smaller trunks leading down. Yeah, it's not necessarily a room, but yeah, I mean that'd be pretty scary, just being claustrophobic. You're just in there the entire time. Yeah, I think the whole time he's on the Imperious Curse, which is kind of good because he's not like all there. What if he has to go to the bathroom? Well, uh, I think according he would just... to one J.K. Rowling tweet, in the 1800s, in Hogwarts, <laughs> people would just poop on the floors and then vanish it away. So, you I'm know, surprised that's, you that's remember that, because I almost brought that up. That's, yeah. Love that, right? But, so I assume that's how they do that, but... Where did yeah. we even learn about that? I don't even remember where I learned that. I just know that it happened. Do you remember? Was it in an article or something? I, 
I think I remember where it was from. It was from I, I I learned it from like a YouTube video. You weren't there with me watching it. I so think you, I must have learned it from you a, wouldn't know an about article. Okay, so um, Dumbledore climbed into the trunk and covered Moody with the fake with the fake's cloak. So with the copy cloak. Yeah, Dumbledore. Oh. I spelled Dumbledore wrong. Dumbledore found Polly's potion in Moody's flask and said that whoever was the imposter had run to take their potion on time. The imposter's body began to change and changed into Barty Crutch's son from the court case in the Pensieve. Okay, I like Steve how they do... Th- oh. Hold on. So, Vaughn, in the movie, they do this scene very differently. And I actually think I prefer the movie scene to the books one. Because you know how in the movie... They have Moody, like, searching around because he doesn't know where his Polyjuice potion is. And he's all like, okay, I need to take my Polyjuice. But he doesn't have any left. Yeah. I like that better. That's pretty poor planning. You only got enough for the final moments of Harry Potter's, like... No, yeah, it is. But but it goes along... It's supposed to be his murder. I'm just saying, I think it makes for a pretty cool scene in the movie where he's all, like, trying to explain it. He's like dropping glass on the ground like rattling bottles because he's trying to find his polyjuice you know yeah i definitely think that's a pretty cool scene um Stephen mcgonagall entered with winky at their heels winky accused them of killing her master's son but dumbledore said that he was stunned snape poured uh snape handed a vial verat <laughs> to dumbledore who poured three drops into Barty Jr.'s mouth. I'm going to be calling him Barty Jr. this entire time. Just so you know. I like that. Okay, Vaughn, what would Barty Crouch Jr.'s rap name be? Like, if you were a rapper? Barty J. Uh, Barty J? That's good. Or That's just good. JC. JC. How about, Bar- How about Bartimus J? Bartamius JC. The Bartamius JC. Oh, Jr. Crouch. Yeah. CJ CJ Barty Bart CJ the Bartamius CJ the Bartamius yeah. like okay I like that the Bartamius yeah, CJ yeah. um uh Dumbledore woke him up and asked how he escaped from Azkaban he said that his mother begged for his father to break him out and save him as her dying wish they visited him in his prison and brought him two polyjuice potions Barty Jr. and his mother swapped appearances and Barty Jr. escaped. His mother died a short time afterward, and Crouch held a private funeral funeral for her, and Azkaban buried her, still with the appearance of Barty Jr. Jr. His father that has is a very elaborate him. plan. Vaughn, hold on. What'd you do this for your child? Your child is a convicted criminal. My, would my child- uh, A convicted Your child- murderer? No, you, you are Barty Crouch's- You are Barty Crouch Jr.'s mom. Would you do this? Well, if I was Barty Crouch's junior mom, then I would do this because I'm Barty Crouch's junior mom, and she did it, so I have to do it. <laughs> You're Barty Crouch Jr.'s mom. I would mom. have the same exact and you mindset. Get, and you get free will, and you get to do whatever you want, and you have your own mindset. Mm-hmm. Fine, you know what? No, you're you, but you're also Barty Crouch Jr.'s mom. <laughs> um, wait, what? what? <laughs> like, you're not the um, actual person, but you are Barty Crouch Jr.'s mom. Then I would probably not do it. Like, you wouldn't Why be- would I try to save like, my son as a murderer? Exactly. He literally is a Voldemort supporter, and she's just like, No, I feel like he deserves a second shot. I feel like he's fine after murdering, like, multiple people. He's fine. Yeah. I mean, dude, like, 
people can change. You know? Gotta go yeah. with the times. His father? Junior's mom. His father had subdued him for years inside, um, inside of his house for years using the Imperius Curse and, and an invisibility cloak. One day, Bertha Jorkins visited when Crouch wasn't at home and found Barty Crush Jr. After confronting Crouch, he cast a strong memory charm on her and permanently damaged her memory. Uh, next slide. Okay. He said that when Key persuaded Crouch to let him go to the World Cup after being in the house for years, he would sit in the top box under the cloak while Winky told people she was saving the seat for her master. Uh, Crouch Jr. stole a boy's wand while Winky wasn't looking. This and is very elaborate. Like, yes. very elaborate. Yes. When the Death Eaters arrived, he cast a more droid to attract the Ministry and exact revenge on the Death Eaters, which had been disloyal to Voldemort. When they arrived, a rogue stunning spell hit Crouch and uh, Barty Crouch Jr. and Winky, who were currently running away in the forest. When Crouch Sr. investigated the forest, he found his son's body and dismissed Winky from service. Uh... Wait, when did he find his son's body? He, when we went to the forest to, like, investigate who was out there. during Like, the, before he in, ran into Harry? Uh, okay, it was it was when, like, they, Harry and Hermione and Ron had come out of the forest and were like, uh, or, I don't know, they, they, they had gone rid of the Death Eaters. But then they were trying to find out who had cast more Mordred, and then they had Crouch going to the forest to investigate, like, who had done it. And they found he found the son's body in winky but okay. he only decided to show winky that makes sense um when the oars had left he brought his son back home with him Voldemort and wormtail showed up one night and late and placed his father under the imperious curse and forced him to go about his day as normal Voldemort freed barty crouch jr and and had wormtail go with barty jr to moody's house lock him in his trunk and take him captive for polyjuice potion one day, Crouch broke free from Voldemort's curse and went to Hogwarts to warm Dumbledore. He used Harry's map and, uh, sorry, Barty Crouch Jr. used Harry's map and killed Crouch after Harry left him alone with Crumb. Wait, when he did he get Harry's and... map? Remember, was that, was, was that when he snuck out? out? Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. He hid the body and before the final task, he offered to take the cup into the maze and made it into a fork key. Lost sentence. The insane smile lit his features one more, and his head drooped onto his shoulders as Winky wailed and sobbed at his side. Oh my gosh. So he's dead? No, he's not dead. Okay, what happened to him then? He's just a very sleepy boy. He's a very sleepy boy. Okay. Alright, we have a couple movie goofs, so why don't we go over to that? At around two hours and ten minutes, when Harry's in Moody's office after the first, third task, and Moody closes the cabinet door after searching for more potion, a crew member in a white shirt is reflected in the cabinet's glass. I really want to see that. I love those kinds of goofs. <laughs> At around two hours and fifteen minutes, when the camera moves to look into Moody's pit-like suitcase, you can see the shadow of the camera on the left. Wait. Also, like, why are crew members, why do crew members always wear, like, a white t-shirt and blue jeans? Like, there was, like, this one episode in, like, the Mandalorian season 2 episode, it was the finale, and they were on the ship, and they were, like, walking through, like, its corridors, and there was just, like, a crew member in a white shirt and blue, in blue jeans off to the side, just standing no there. No way. 
No way. You caught no, that? I, actually, yeah, no, no, I didn't catch that. I found out it was, it was, it was something, uh, that people, other people had found out. I saw it, um, in, like, a video, but. Hold on, and now I want to find the picture, because this is funny. Oh, you can see him. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, he's, like, standing behind something. Come on. It's a yeah. gray shirt, I yeah. think. It's gray. Dude, how could you not catch that? It's great, but close enough. Most people, even the editing guys overlooked it. I think if they overlook it, I can overlook it too. He's like standing in the back. He's like, hi guys. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, uh, I think you're on the next I can see his arm just poking out. Yeah. Oh. Next week. Um, when do- uh, at around two hours and ten minutes, when Dumbledore is confronting Harry after he has returned from the graveyard, McGonagall can be seen putting her hand on Harry's shoulder. But the very next scene shows her standing far away next to Snape as Fudge tries to keep Cedric's death quiet. Alright, mine is at around two hours and ten minutes during the post-cemetery sequence where the crowd is reacting to Cedric's death, Neville appears to be in two places at once. He is given a close-up reaction shot towards the end of the scene, and he is standing between two students. In the shot directly preceding this, however, he can be seen on the far right of the screen. An unidentified female student is on his left, and she disappears from him from in the next shot. Okay, so uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back for our analysis. I love magic. Welcome back. So we have some uh, movie goofs today. Vaughn, don't click on the first link because uh, I'm going to let you react to this one. Okay? Wait, what the? Voldemort cannibals and Corcruxes? I, I, uh... <laughs> yeah, <What>? so. <laughs> okay, so this article is A Dark Harry Potter Theory Reveals the Evil Act Voldemort Committed to Create Horcruxes. And, uh, so I'm gonna go over this a little bit and tell Vaughn and you guys what this theory is. Oh, dear. So, to create a Horcrux, this is a theory. The spellcaster must kill another person, right? And we already know that. Who does Voldemort kill? Can we name everyone that Voldemort kills in order to make a Horcrux? Also, spoilers. Everyone remember that. No, don't look it up. You have to remember. Vaughn? No. No, Vaughn. <laughs> we can do this. Okay, I looked it up, but I'm not on the screen right now. I'm not on the tab right now. Um, Bertamius JC. No. Um, he didn't. Okay, what was his first Horcrux? Let's start with that. It was the diary, right? That's not a Horcrux. I mean, that was a Horcrux. But you I know what? Why don't, don't we just name... Why don't we just name the Horcruxes and go from there? No, no, no. Okay, so, like, Helga's Cup. Okay, the diary. Alright. Helga's Cup, the diary, the diagem of Ravenclaw, the Sword of Godric Gryffindor. The ring. Wait, what's the Sword of Godric? The ring? The Gaunt's, not the Sword of Gryffindor. The locket. The cup. That's five. Harry. He did the cup. Harry and Nagini. Harry was the accidental one. That he was the eighth Horcrux. Oh, and there was Nagini. The... Oh, dang. I don't know the and seventh. The, the seventh. Hold on. 
Ah, uh, I think Google search knows what we're talking about. Um, okay. Um, the ring, the locket, the diadem, the cup. No, the, Harry, the, Harry counts okay, as Harry one of the Potter. seven. Okay. Um, okay then. Okay, so Tom Myrtle's diary, he killed Myrtle. Uh, Gaunt's, it's Tom Myrtle Sr., the ring. Uh, the locket was a muggle. Uh, diadem, an Albanian. Uh, cup, Hephaestus Smith. Nagini, Bertha Jorkins. Harry Potter, Voldemort. Voldemort himself died along with his parents. <laughs> Voldemort himself? <laughs> Voldemort's uh I know. Voldemort. Gee, I can't wait to go shopping at Voldemort. I didn't I, I didn't know we were gonna be bringing up Voldemort's twin brother, Voldemort, today. <laughs> okay. Goodness. I thought we okay. were saving that for a later episode. Yeah, I mean too. I was just definitely gonna need something. Okay. And so, um, so next, however, it's been long implied that the spell requires an additional unknown element that Slug- Slughorn refused to discuss. The question of what the spell fully entails has intrigued fans since the concept was first established, and some have particularly dark ideas. So this person posted on Reddit, because Reddit sometimes comes up in our Hugs Me journals a lot, actually, is that, um... The final step of creating a horcrux involves committing a brief act of cannibalism against the victim. So, yes, which I, I already how, know. How how would you describe a brief act? I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to hold on. Instead, what if, what, what if you're hold on. really hungry? Are you allowed to eat the entire? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, listen, listen to this. Listen to this. Okay, Having this okay. terrible act be part of the spell would explain how Tom Riddle was able to use something like the death of Moaning Myrtle to create his first Horcrux. Although he'd unleashed the basilisk that killed her, he technically wasn't responsible for her murder, instead consuming a piece of Myrtle after directly being responsible for her death could have been the final step to splintering his spirit. <laughs> she just has a chunk out of her- We got to- yeah, so I- that wasn't really new. I kind of already knew that that was an idea, but honestly, like, yeah, like, what about what, what Vaughn said? Like, what if he was really, really, really hungry? <laughs> also, if he like, took a bite man, of Myrtle, I could eat a horse right now, but, like, <laughs> or something as large as a horse. But, Vaughn, if, if Voldemort took a bite of Myrtle, would that carry over into her spirit form? It it no. probably would. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Why not? He's in, like... I, I don't think so. I think it would, and here's He's why. He's a big old chomp. Well, I mean... <laughs> I mean, uh... The, 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 the nearly headless Nick, I guess that worked. That happened that way, but... No, I... Yeah, exactly, yeah. So maybe it would, I don't know. We'll see. Alright, so let's see what else I got for today. So they, so we have our first look at the images from the illustrated edition of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. And guys, I have something to admit, okay? I have a, this is confessional now, okay? I still haven't read yeah. my illustrated editions. I know, I, this is terrible. no true fan. I should Wait, have read them at this point. 
They're just a normal amount of pages. It, wait, and is there a picture every page? Almost. Almost every page. Huh, huh, huh. Yeah. Sometimes there's whole pages where there's no words, just pictures. Mm-hmm. So that's so, up for it, I guess. Yeah. So, guys, I'm going to work on that, and I'm going to darn well read them this summer, okay? I'm committing right here, right now. I don't, Vaughn, I want you to click the the second link because I want you to see these so that you can react along with I, me. I, I'm looking at it right now. I don't really think that the cover looks that good. Is that just I me? That you. I it's don't not, like it's how not my favorite. Look at Cho. For some reason, Hermione. Hermione Cho looks like a man. No, no, that, that, that was a nun. No, Hermione looks like an old woman. Oh, that's better. Yeah, she does. Oh my gosh. What is this image? Cho looks like an old looks, woman, too. There's If you go two images down, then, uh. This, the, okay, that one is good. I'm not a fan of the faces. Oh, I am. I love them. Okay, but go up. I love the second picture. The one where it's Harry sitting in the I, chair. I do, I do like that one. I do like that one. I love, okay, I, I love all of them except for the cover. Like, get the cover out of here. Get it out of here. I like the sec- the third one. It looks really good with Luna and Neville. And I like how he did the butterbeer cap necklace. Oh. Grimald Place looks great. Yeah, so I think yeah, they all look pretty can, good. And you can see the wait, you can see Siri you can see the uh, Sirius in dog form. Oh yeah, that's cool. It's a cool little detail. I like how all the windows are broken out on Grimald Place. Yeah, it looks really good. I'm so I. I'm so excited for this book to come out. It's going to be really How great. How can you be also, excited for it? You've never even read them. We don't have to talk about it, but <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to, okay? Also, but imagine how good, like, I wonder how Dolores is going to look. I'm sure oh, he's going to do an amazing job with Dolores. All right, and There's the final a... piece of news that I have is that the Fantastic Beasts, A Natural History, is coming very, very, very soon to BBC and HBO Max. And I am so excited. So basically, it's a... Is this mm, like a documentary? It, yeah, it's basically a nature documentary, like Planet Earth, like that kind of thing. But it's on Fantastic Beasts. It's like Beasts. Harry Potter stuff? No, it, is it like a documentary on like how they created the beasts? Or no, like how... It's on... Or just like... It's on the real animals that inspired the Fantastic Beasts. Oh. Well, I mean, that's pretty easy to see. Like, the the massive thing with the horn, that's a rhino. Yeah. And there's the lion. It, it's pretty clear which one was the, li- the lion was for. Then there's the Thunderbird. That's just, like, a massive eagle. Exactly, yeah. So, I'm super... I'm very excited for this one. I think it's going to be very cool to see and also uh, i also really like stephen fry he so stephen fry narrates the documentary and he was actually the narrator of the harry potter british audiobooks and he was he's very good at narrating he has a really like they should get great voice for it so do you think uh you'll watch that one i definitely yeah like the first episode is i hope it's good 
It's only one. It's a. Are mo- there episodes? It's, it's just a documentary. It's like a movie. Oh. Okay. So it's not a TV show. I will definitely have to do like an episode where we just like we can like literally watch it then immediately record an episode because I would love to do that and just give like our immediate reactions to you know Fantastic Beasts and all the different stuff and I'm super excited. So on this Wizarding World article there is the trailer for it. So I will definitely link the article for you guys so you can watch the trailer because the trailer is great. So yeah. So for today's analysis we're going to be talking about port keys. And I was lazy and, and did not take notes. Short one. So we're just kind of like but that's Okay, so fine. Before, So before we start, we're going to try to like recap. We're going to try to recount all the different times we know port keys are used. In the wizarding world. Okay, well, a very first time, it's in book it's in book 4. They're going to the Quidditch World Cup. Second time, it's boo. still in book 4. It's at the end of to the end of it, um, was transported to the graveyard. Book five. Do they have book five? I feel like there is one. I feel like they're in Grimmauld Place, and then they use it to get somewhere. I six. Don't I don't remember. think. I don't yeah, think. I, I think it's just port two keys. and four. I don't think port keys are ever used after four because they're not practical anymore. Because it's everyone really can just operate. a plot device for the transportation. I mean, I don't think so because the whole point of port keys are for families to use who can't operate. So the only reason they use it to get to the cup is because n- none of the kids can operate yet. But then, like by yeah, but I, I feel like port key. But the but in that book they were really just a plot device because. J.K. Rowling needed a way for Harry to get transported to the graveyard. I mean, I don't like putting anything down to plot device, so I guess technically it is, but I like to find actual reasons and stuff, you know? But yeah, so operating, um, you can't operate if you're under, what, what grade did they learn how to operate in Vaughn? I think s- sixth. Okay. Wait, no. Yeah, so. Yeah, sixth, sixth. Okay, yeah, so before sixth, um, year they cannot operate so therefore they need a different form of travel and they find that in operation so that is how they travel yeah. and um so it says almost any inanimate object can be turned into a port key once bewitched the object will transport anyone who grasps it to a pre-arranged destination what if I set a port key up to like the middle of Disneyland do you think that would work? I mean, like, what do you be, think uh... are the rules behind port keys? Oh, I mean, it's a muggle space, so I'm sure that it'd be uh, fine to go in. Do you think where there's any, put, like, restrictions? Port- oh, where would so. I put Only the port magical key? Places. Like, I'm sure you can't put the port key inside of, like, Hogwarts. What would be a good place to land? Because you know how in the movie, like, Cedric and... and his dad just kind of float down. Oh, wait, no, no, no. That's Mr. Weasley Amos. Yeah. Okay, so, like, what... Where would and be a good place in... It's all three of them. Where would be, like, a good place in, in Disneyland. Disneyland to just, like, float down? Maybe the exit the exit of a really long exit line. Like, maybe in the middle of uh, Indiana Jones. Exit. Just in the middle of the ride itself, just on the tracks. No, 
no, in the middle of the exit, like, where you're getting off the <laughs> right, you have to walk off. Like, it, it's such a long exit that, you know. You, someone, no one would question if you just started floating from the ceiling. No one of would question not, that. Of course not. But, so, um, other than that... Where about, what about in Universal Studios? Like, if you were trying to teleport to Harry Potter, or the Wizarding World of Harry Potter at Universal Studios, where would you teleport to? I would teleport... In the Maybe. Sense, in, like, in, uh, you know how they have, that, like, that stage where they do performances? Yeah. I would do it there, and they everybody would think we're just part of the show. Good idea. They'd be like, "Wait, what?" And they'd be like, "Where are the strings?" You, you, uh, you have to bring two other people. You have to bring two other people at all times, and you have to cosplay as Amos Diggory, Cedric Diggory, and Ryan, uh, Arthur Weasley. Yeah, otherwise people will completely be confused. So you have to cosplay. Absolutely a requirement. So, yeah, you just do it, right? Okay, um, so the portkey will be a nondescript object, secreted in an out-of-the-way place so that it will be taken for a piece of unimportant debris by muggle passerbys. So, like, I could just, like, on the side of a freeway, turn a piece of trash into a portkey. Okay, I just came up with some- Okay, Vaughn, you know in Toy Story 3, when the toys end up in a trash compactor, and it's burning- yes. What if I turn a piece of trash into a port key? And I- oh wait, that doesn't make any sense. Okay. No, oh, no, 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 it doesn't Oh dear. What if I say, I want, to tra- I want to be transported to wherever this piece of trash goes. And, uh, I teleport. And the trash is in a trash what compactor that's uh, on fire. Better question, but better question, Why? what if it's in a raccoon's stomach? Would you just pop out of the raccoon and the raccoon would just just be in a million pieces? <laughs> oh, jeez, that would be a bad time for a raccoon. <laughs> bad time to be a raccoon. Okay. Um, I'm trying to, like, find my place in this article. Okay. So, accidents have occurred, however. Two muggle dog walkers found themselves accidentally transported to a Celestina Warbeck concert in 2003 because their dogs had run off with an old trainer on Clopham Common. And, uh, one of the muggle dog walkers was even invited on stage by Celestina to perform a duet of a cauldron full of hot, strong love. Read the next part, Vaughn. Uh, while the memory charm placed upon him by our harried ministry official seemed to take at the time, he has since written a popular muggle song that bears an uncanny resemblance to Celestina's worldwide hit, Miss Warbeck is Not Amused. The sensation of traveling by Porky- Oh. Miss Warbeck is Not Amused. It's just called Miss Warbeck is Not Amused. Well, I'm sure the song title Muggles is probably like Mr. Mr. Muggleman is not amused. Yeah. The sensation of traveling by Porky is universally agreed to be uncomfortable, if not downright unpleasant, and can lead to nausea, giddiness, and worse. Healers recommend that the elderly, pregnant, and infirm avoid using Porkies. The suggestion of arranging Porkies for 
transportation of annoying relatives has saved many a wizarding family Christmas. Here, Grandma, here's your present. Do you like it? And then just like, whoosh, and we're like, we got rid of her. Who's yeah, next? Back to Brazil for you. <laughs> back to Brazil for you. Oh my gosh. Okay, so you're gonna be stuck for the, in the ring first for another five days. Exactly. Nice. You're not gonna get found until Newt Scamander finds you. The name Portkey comes from the French porter to carry and the word key in the sense of secret trick. I don't like to boast, but I own a real Portkey, the key to the U.S. city of Laporte, which was given to me by Emerson Sparts, the founder of the fansite MuggleNet.com. What does that even mean? What is the key to um, the U.S. city I, of Laporte? I think maybe the mayor, mayor, mayor gave her the quote-unquote key to the city. That makes no sense. You know, the, like, I, don't, I don't understand it. Okay, makes sense, makes sense. Yeah, uh, I'll take that. Uh, uh-huh. Alright, so that, I think, is all I have to discuss on port keys. Do you have anything else to say? Like, definitely if I was traveling, I would not take a port key. It seems like a terrible experience. I wouldn't. Yeah. I feel like in the wizarding world, there's, there's like, it's, there's almost too much convenience. You know? Yeah. Like, there's almost, yeah. It seems like there's almost too much convenience in the wizarding world. But, I digress. I get it, you know? So, why don't you talk about the email run? The email. Oh, uh, you can email us at InsideHogwarts at gmail.com. Uh, check out our website, InsideHogwarts.com. Uh, you can check out our website, InsideHogwarts.com. Did, our, did you already say I that? I already said that. I already okay, said that. Okay, it's fine. You know what? Um, you check it out twice. You check it out twice just because I said that. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Five stores, as always. Also, I updated the podcast uh, website. I hope you all noticed that and love me for it. I'm so proud of myself for doing that. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check back every Tuesday for another episode of Inside Hogwarts.